Hello, Metro Augusta. Hello, Georgia. And hello, wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the October 25th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. If you have not already, please follow the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia on Facebook. And of course, we also ask you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is also the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia. When you follow and subscribe, that lets us know that you support our efforts. And of course, it also ensures that you get notifications when we post new episodes. I'm sure that you are aware that early voting has begun in the state of Georgia. In Richmond County, turnout has been much better than what I expected, to be honest. Uh, we've been averaging about uh, over 100 voters per day. As of the close of business on Monday, 744 voters had actually voted in advance or they had turned in absentee ballots. I'll be honest with you, I was expecting for it to be about 25 people a day. Uh, so the fact that more people are going to the polls is encouraging. I will also say, though, that when you compare that with the fact that there are 120 to 130,000 registered voters in Richmond County, that still feels like a drop in the bucket. We would expect, of course, that turnout increases as we get closer to November 7th, which is the official election day and, of course, the last day to vote. We know that some people may not have made up their minds yet about this issue. They're seeking more information. Hopefully they're reading articles, listening to presentations, watching the news, et cetera, so that they can get additional information. Uh, and I encourage people to take their time to do that. Uh, it doesn't make sense to rush out to vote when you aren't sure that you clearly understand the issue. And of course, Local Matters has been here to ensure that you do have a way to understand the issue. Uh, we've done two election-related episodes so far. Uh, one was an overview of items that are on the ballot in Richmond County, Burke County, and Columbia County. The next episode was when we invited Cedric Johnson and Brad Ushery of the Augusta Richmond County Coliseum Authority in to talk about the proposed uh, Coliseum Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax, which is a half penny rather than a full penny, just to get that clear with you. Um, so if you miss those episodes or you need to even listen to them again, sometimes there's a lot of information being provided and you want to make sure that you have it right. Please go to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or Spotify to look for the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia and you can listen to those episodes at your leisure. As you know, one of the best things about a podcast is that uh, it is on demand. You can listen to it anytime you have time to do so. Both of these episodes were 30-minute episodes, so they aren't real lengthy. Um, you know, I like to listen to podcasts when I'm driving or when I'm out walking uh, and that sort of thing, or, you know, when I'm cleaning house. So same with you, if you're cleaning house, cooking, you know, whatever, and you want to take 30 minutes to do that, um, they're easy to find. 
In addition to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, you can also go to our Facebook uh, page if you're on that platform. Today, we have mayoral candidates in from Grovetown, Georgia. Again, uh, the first rule is we invite all the candidates. Typically, via email, uh, we will email all candidates, describe what it is, lay the questions out for them in advance so that they have some time to think about their responses. And uh, we try to make sure, you know, best case scenario, everybody will respond. Today, our incumbent did not respond, so we're only hearing from two of the three candidates. And the other thing that I want you to know about the rules of the game, so to speak, is that we give each candidate the same amount of time. Um, sometimes the candidates don't take all of that time, and I want to make that clear to you. In this particular case, one candidate had a lot more to say than the other did, and that's why the interview with one candidate is a good bit longer than the other candidate. It's not any preference on my part. It's, they all get the same rules, and they all got um, were allotted the same amount of time, but sometimes, as I said, candidates don't choose to use all of that time. Thank you so much for being a part of the Local Matters family. Even if you are not a resident of Grovetown, I think it would be informative for you to listen to the positions and the platforms of these candidates so that you're just more educated generally about the people who are running for office, particularly if you have friends, church members, family members, et cetera, who live in that area. It's helpful to have some background information. Local Matters family, uh, we are doing something today that we have never done before, and that is have candidates for a race in Columbia County on the show. Normally, we focus on Richmond County, but of course, there's so little on the ballot in Richmond County that we decided to branch out into Grovetown this time around. And the first mayoral candidate that we have is Miss Soretta Smith. How are you doing today, Miss Smith? I'm doing outstanding today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for making yourself available to do this. Um, we, our family is used to us doing this uh, in sort of rapid fire with the questions. So we'll go ahead and get started uh, because we want you to have as much of an opportunity as possible to share with our listeners um, yes, first. And we'll jump right into it. Uh, you've been on the Grovetown Council now in your first term. I, I like you on a scale of one to 10 to tell us how well the current council functions at a, as a team and let me know why you gave it that rating. I'm almost embarrassed um, to even answer this question because we're not even on the scale. Um, if you recall, I won in a special election um, Councilman Allen Transu was the council member who passed away and I ran to fulfill uh, the remainder of his term. So one of the first things that I initially observed um, when I came on council was the lack of teamwork. Um, and it is so important that we function as a team, that we work together as a team. Um, and I can say that I have worked diligently uh, to try and uh, get this council to come together and work as a team. I've suggested team building, uh, retreats, um, uh, strategic planning sessions. And so um, it has not really been a team 
Um, we, while, while I have and others have been able to accomplish some things that I think are really important, like the $15 pay raise, um, the $15 raising the minimum wage to $15, the $15 pay for all of our um, city employees. I think that was something great um, that we accomplished. But as far as this council being a team, it just never seemed to gel. It just never seemed to um, become that team that I had really hoped that it would it would become. Okay. And, and did you give me the rating? I know you said you were almost embarrassed to answer the question, but on a scale of one to 10, are you going to give it a number? Well, we it, it were zero. Uh, that, that's uh -huh. the honest to God. I mean, I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, we never jailed as a team. And um, it's very, very unfortunate because I think that I know that as a leader, um, as a leader in the military, as a United States Army veteran um, who was a part of a squad and part of a, a, a you know, a, a battalion, a part of, you know, the larger uh, army as a leader in labor, as a leader in, in our community, as a clergy leader, um, no one person can do it alone. If we're going to accomplish greatness and achieve greatness, um, you have to have a team and you have to uh, find out what the individual team members or strengths strengths are. It's just like in basketball, LeBron, well, LeBron can play all positions, but you know, you've got your guard, you, you know, your center, your forward. So you have to find out, well, what are the strengths of my team members? And then how can we leverage those strengths to uh, make Grovetown a, a better place to live, work and play? And in my opinion, we just never came together as a team, um, not because there was a lack of effort um, of trying to get everyone to come together as a team, but when you reach um, these levels of leadership, um, there has to be certain type of leadership development that you've already had. Um, there has to be training. You have to keep growing as a leader. Um, you have to keep developing as a leader. And I think that um, emotional intelligence is so important. You have to be self-aware as a leader. And so those were some of the things that I was really trying to push my fellow council members to engage in some uh, emotional intelligence training, um, some leadership development, again, the team building, because I thought the team building would be so important because it's not enough. You can't just come to a meeting once a month and that's it. There has to be some work that takes place outside of a one hour or one and a half hour meeting. Um, because you have to get to know one another, different personalities, different backgrounds, different upbringings, different leadership styles. And so we never got the opportunity to learn about those different things together as a team so that you would know my leadership style is this and his leadership style is that, you know, uh, my temperament is this, your temperament is that you have to put that work in. And that cannot happen just by coming to a once a month meeting you know, coming in saying, hi, how you doing? Sitting down voting and we leave and we have no interaction with each other until the next meeting. And so as the mayor, you know, that's one of the things that I plan to, to do is to meet one-on-one -on -one and sit down with each council member, you know, outside of meetings. I plan to have those strategic planning sessions. I plan for the council to do some team building um, and some leadership development and, and exercises and things outside of a once a month meeting. I plan to build those relationships and build that team because the team is so important in the larger scale of what we're called to do uh, for our citizens here in the city. Thank you. And, and next, when you think about the needs of Grovetown, what concerns you the most? I think the thing that concerns me the most is affordable housing. 
Um, I know traffic is at the top of everyone's list. I know you're going to hear um, people talk about traffic, but the honest truth is as far as the traffic goes is that we don't own um, and control these main thoroughfares, Wrightsboro Road, Robinson Avenue, you know, those are state roads. All we can do is continue to reach out to the state and address our concerns and let them know how we feel. You know, we need our roads wide and we need, um, you know, more uh, roundabouts and things of that nature, but they're state roads. The state regulates it. The state's going to fund it. It's going to be in the state's timing. Do I think we're going to see roads? Do I think we're going to see better uh, improvement in our traffic situation? I do, uh, but it may be 10, 15, or 20 years from now. But in the meantime, the immediate need, we have a 12.2% poverty rate. And in running for state senate and in running for this seat that I sit in currently, I had an opportunity to really get out in Grove Town and get into parts of Grove Town that I ordinarily um, wouldn't journey into. And some of the situations that I saw were heartbreaking. Some of the conditions that people are living in in our city are heartbreaking. Um, they're living in poverty. poverty. Uh, they're living in homes uh, that I believe should be condemned, some of them. And so we have a problem here with affordable housing because people can't afford the you know $1,200, the $1,500, the $1,600 rent or mortgage. And we know that builders in this area tend to build towards Fort Gordon. Uh, retirees, people that are going to retire and stay here, uh, active duty soldiers, they know the BAH. So they know what to build because they know, you know, the guarantee of their, their monthly uh, payments that they're going to get every month. But we have people right here that can't afford that. And so I want us to work on, work with um, Senator Ossoff, Senator um, uh, Warnock. I've already been visiting their offices, uh, their team. They have sent their team members here to the city. We have sat down and talked to our administrator and our finance directors, like how can we get funding to, uh, to and grants for affordable housing? So we want to lift the people that are in our city up out of poverty. Um, you know, people get, get a little, you know, you know, because they're thinking of a certain social and economic status, and they're saying, well, we don't want those people to come into our community. Um, well, I'm not talking about, you know, bringing new people into the community. I'm talking about people that are here, lifting them up out of poverty, giving these kids a decent place to live so that they can get a good night's sleep, so that when they go to school, they're well rested um, from not having to, you know, sleep in a house that's not properly insulated or leaking roofs. Um, no hot running water, uh, sewage problems. Um, it creates all types of long-term um, effects for, for children. And so that's probably the thing that concerns me the most is that we have a 12.2% poverty rate. We need to help lift these people up out of poverty um, because they too deserve to have a decent place to sleep, to live, to work, and to play. And I, you know, I just want people to remember, you know, it hasn't always been bed and roses for me. I remember when I was homeless, when I literally didn't have a place to live and I was staying with this friend or that friend or this friend or that friend. And sometimes people, um, life just throws them a curveball and they end up in the situation. And sometimes it is self-inflicted, but nevertheless, um, we are our brothers and sisters keeper. That's what I believe. And so I think it's important that we really focus on that, that we plug into our um, senators who have funding who can help us get funding and we start doing something about it.
Okay. And as we uh, transition to talk a little bit about your public life, of all the things that you've been able to accomplish, what is the most significant to you? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I've received lots of awards um, for leadership and different things. Um, I've, I'm a published author, I'm a recording artist. Um, I've, I've done a lot of things, served in the United States Army. Uh, wow. 25 years federal government, um, I've done a lot of things. And so I think the thing that means the most to me is um, the people that I've been able to mentor, the people along the way that I've been under, been able to take under my wing and pour into and train and develop and mentor. When I see them now spreading their wings and doing their thing, um, and walking in their purpose and their destiny. Um, I think that's the thing that's most fulfilling to me. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, there's a, a, a quote by Theodore Roosevelt, I believe it is. It says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I've never been a person to, you know, talk about the accolades and the things I've done. I've traveled to the world, you know, I've spoken in foreign countries and all of those things. Um, to me, it's about seeing other people benefit from the gifts and talents that God's given me and helping them to develop theirs and spread their own wings and be successful in whatever they've been called and destined to do. So I would just say my public life is just mentoring folks and seeing other people um, go along the way and accomplish great things. That's what's most fulfilling to me. All right. Awesome. And next, we only have a few seconds left, but we want to definitely have you respond to these two questions. When people decide who to vote for in this race, what factors should they consider? I think people should look at um, what the, what has the candidate been doing? Um, a lot of times people get elected and uh, they they don't do anything but show up to that meeting once a month and that's it. And so I think people should look at the history. What have the candidates been doing? Um, they should look at how engaged they are in the community. Um, and in municipal government, you know, we're offered opportunities to, to take a lot of training. So I think they should look at our training record. Um, some, some municipal leaders, they never go to training. Um, I think training, especially in municipal government, is very important. It's different. You have to get the knowledge. You have to understand and know how municipal government works. So look at the education and training. Look at what they have um, accomplished during their, their term. Um, look at projects. Look at how engaged they are in the community. Um, and look at how they uh, serve their fellow council members, how they interacted with their council members as well. I think all of those things are important. Right. Thank you for that. And the very last question, how can the public learn more about you? If they want to know more about me, they can go to Soretta for Georgia. Um, that's C-E-R-E-T-T-A-F-O-R-G-E-O-R-G-I-A, SorettaForGeorgia.com. You can go to my website there. You can read about a career, uh, my military career, my civil service career, um, and you can see all the things that I've been doing as a council member. You can see the training that I've taken, um, the events, the different things I've done out in the community, um, how engaged and involved I am. And you can learn a little bit more about my personal life, uh, my grandbaby, um, who's the joy of my life right now. And, um, and if you want to volunteer or if you want to reach out to me, you can do all of that on the website. You can send me a message. 
And then you can follow me on Facebook at Soretta Anita Smith. All right. Thank you so much, Soretta Anita Smith, for joining <laughs> Local Matters today. Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate the uh, the platform and the space to just let folks know a little bit about me, who I am and what I'm about. Local Matters family, we are joined by Dr. Deborah Fisher, who is also a candidate for the Office of Mayor in Grovetown, Georgia. Welcome to the Local Matters family, Dr. Fisher. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for accepting our invitation. Um, we will get right into the questions that uh, we've provided in advance, and we'll just kind of talk through your responses on those. Uh, first question, on a scale of one to 10, how well does the current Grovetown Council function as a team, and why did you give it that rating? I would say the current uh, council functions as a team, more, like, more or less a five. And the reason why we'll give it that rating is because there are some tensions uh, and, you know, that could be worked out. And hopefully, you know, uh, with this new election, there are new people and they can start all over there. All right. I would say one of the things that really caused tension is that since the inception of a council in this city, Mayor Pro Tim has rotated so all council members can get an opportunity. But for the past seven years, one person has kept that spot. And to be real, that's not really good for the city because succession may not always go the way you think it's going to go. So it's good for all council members to have an opportunity to serve in that position. All right, great. And next question, um, when you think about the needs of the city of Grovetown, what concerns you most? I would have to say traffic because this is what bothers most citizens, especially when they have to get up and go to work. But the lack of broadband services in some areas of the city, the need for green spaces, for citizens to play, affordable housing and transportation. Transportation is a big one, but traffic is the most Okay. And as you distinguish traffic from transportation, can you be a little bit more specific on that? When I say traffic, I'm talking about uh, street traffic. Uh, people going to work can't get through because the roads are blocked with, and traffic is so so significant because we got a, a big part of Fort Gordon out here. And it's hard for commuters to get around. When I say transportation, it's one of my plans to provide a public transportation uh, method for our city. We don't have that right now. Okay, public transit. Okay. All yes. Right. Thank you yes. For clarification. Um, next, as you think about your public life, can you please tell us uh, what you consider to be your most significant accomplishment? I would think, uh, as far as public life, my most significant accomplishment in my public life was my 20 years, 20 plus years of military service for my country. And uh, my service to the city for the past 10 years, not only on city council, but uh, five years of volunteer services to my city. Okay. And you served on city council previously. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I served on council for five years. But before that, I volunteered for the city planning and zoning commission. And I served on that for four years. And I served on another committee for one year before I even got on a planning commission. So it's been a total of 10 years that I've actually work for the city, but half of it being volunteer. Okay. And your time on the council, can you tell us what years you were on the council? Uh, five years. Uh, 
from 2017 till uh, currently I had to step down in order to run for mayor because uh, that's that's the state law. Okay. Okay. So you were actually a council person up until? Uh, two months ago when I had to step down to uh, okay. to run, to declare. Okay. All right. Thank you for clarifying that. Mm, thank you. And um, next question, when people decide who to vote for in this race, what factors should they consider? I think when people decide who to vote for, the factors they, they should consider are that I'm an honest and loyal person. I have a lifelong record of volunteerism since I was 15 and uh, service to my country and my city. And this, is, this has been my life. So um, I'm fully retired. So I have plenty of time to devote uh, to my city. I don't have a full-time job to work in the daytime. So it gives me time to work with the city and, and devote my time to the city. Thank you. And how can the public learn more about you? Well, I have an amazing Facebook page. And I know a lot of people don't have Facebook, which sometimes we assume they do. But I also have a really good website, votedebrafisher.com. And this is updated and uh, news is edited daily. So there's a lot of information on there about me, my issues, my personal life, myself, my growing up. And it's really informative. All right. Thank you. Could you please give that, give those again, just in case people missed them? Yes, ma'am. That's votedebrafisher.com. And there are a lot of items on there about me. Anything you want to find out about me should be there. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, we've got a few minutes left. Is there anything else you would like to share with the Local Matters family? I would just like to say that uh, I have enjoyed all of these last 10 years working with the city and um, in running for mayor, I hope that uh, this continues my work with the city. And uh, I have always been devoted to people. That's just who I am. I've been devoted to service and to people. Uh, when I was 15, uh, I volunteered uh, to work with returning Vietnam veterans. And since that time, I have volunteered, I have uh given to service. And even in the military, I was in the medical service. So I've always devoted service uh, to my country, to my community. And uh, a lot of people in the city know that about me. But uh, this is one of the main reasons why I'm running, so I can continue my service to the city. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of, you're now a part of the Local Matters family. Since well, thank you so much. And I'm going to be listening to your podcast. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. That again was Ms. Sarada Anita Smith, who is running for mayor, as well as Dr. Deborah Fisher, who is also running for mayor. And as I mentioned at the outset, the incumbent is running. So there are actually three people who are in that race. I want to give you a little bit of background on the city of Grovetown. I had to look this up myself because y'all know I'm a Richmond County resident and I quite frankly do not venture out to Columbia County very often. Uh, so I didn't know anything about Grovetown. I decided to look up some statistics that I want to share with you. Uh, first, uh, if you look at their population, we've talked about the growth there. In the 2010 census, which was 13 years ago, the population of Grovetown was only 11,200. 
Right now, the estimates in 2022 from the U.S. Census Bureau is that there are over 17,000 residents in Grovetown. And there has been a 10% rate of growth in their population from 2020 to 2022. So that's pretty substantial growth to think they've grown by 10% just in uh, within a couple of years. Um, the white population in Grovetown, approximately 58.8%. Black population, approximately 23.7%, and Hispanic population, 16.6%. So uh, you have a pretty uh, uh, substantial number. When you put together the numbers of persons of color, uh, you wind up with uh, almost 40% of the total population, or about 40% of the total population being people of color in that area. Um, I certainly hope that this has been helpful to you to learn a little bit more about who is running and what some of the issues are there in the Grovetown area. Uh, next week, uh, we won't be covering an election topic, uh, but we will be talking homelessness, which is a key issue in the Augusta area. It's received a lot of attention over the last several months or last year or two, actually. So we're going to talk with Bethany Trapp, who is someone who works directly with people who are homeless, and um, we'll get her perspective and learn a little bit about uh, some of the challenges that she faces in her day-to-day -day work. Thanks so much for being a part of the Local Matters family, and be blessed. I close with my favorite Bible verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. or Thursday at 7 p.m. here on 103.7 FM or 1600 AM. Or please go to SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts at any time because local matters.